Haveners, welcome back to another episode of Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. I'm your host, Lucy Gelman, and today I am so excited to be with uh, a, a lot of folks, uh, but there are not too many cooks in the in the kitchen. Um, so I will tell you who's in the room with me, starting with Andrea Daniel Singleton, uh, who is the Andrea. You wear many hats: um, producer, director. Uh, creative force behind um, A2A and the Cry Within Chapter 8, I Survived It, um, and as well as many of the cast members in this show. So, uh, Andrea, I'm going to kick it right off with you. Our listenership is pretty broad and comes from both inside New Haven and, and outside of New Haven. So let's jump right in and talk about what um, what you will be bringing to to the stage um in just a few weeks on december 10th okay on december 10th at 6 p.m at st mary's church we will present the cry within chapter eight which is entitled i survived it and these monologues it's a monologue show and it covers many 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 different topics that are taboo in our communities our cultures and our homes many of them are forbidden to be spoken about because it brings a lot of shame. So we want to put a face, education, resources, and uh, awareness to people's pain. And we'll get into this further, but I want to go, I love going in the way back machine with folks. Mm -hmm. um, so when you say a lot of topics that are taboo, I think for everyone listening, that might mean something a little bit different. And so I'm wondering if, if you can talk about what that means for you and why you took it upon yourself because producing a show is hard. That's like, that's a heavy weight to carry. Um, so why you took it upon yourself to really break through the silences that, um, that are in the community? Well, there's so much pain that I see on a daily basis in the work that I do and the people that I know, relatives, just in the walk of life. We're talking about depression. We're talking about rape. We're talking about molestation. We're talking about divorce. We're covering um, mental health. We're covering HIV. So it's so many topics that uh, unfortunately has shame attached to it and it allows people to hide when it's presented. And if they're struggling with it, then they won't share or they won't have them addressed because they don't want to be frowned upon. So I want to break that because we all need to heal. No one is perfect. We all have issues. Some we will expose, some we will never expose. But it's a great thing to bring a voice to the pain and not be able to uh, put shame on someone. Yeah. And for folks who haven't heard about the Cry Within productions before, you know, this is chapter eight. So there are chapters one through seven. So take me through the decision to really have a sustained performance of, of this, you know, and bring different voices in. Cause it's not just you, it's a whole chorus of folks. No, I have a variety of uh, people that I love dearly. They have been with me. As you can see, I'm trying, I'm struggling to try to talk without coughing. So I'm gonna let them talk if you don't mind. Uh, Jarrell has been since chapter one. Sean has been since chapter one. Stefan has been with us since chapter, I want to say maybe six or five or four. four. Okay. 
So Tiffany is one of the singers because we incorporate um, singing and uh, dance. We have it all. So uh, Tiff has been a singer since chapter one as well. So if you don't mind them talking while I catch my breath. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jarrell, let's let's go right to you. And um, and let's talk about um, this process, because I think it really is a process of unburdening, but also choosing um, what you want to share and how you want to share it, because the act of share, you know, it's one thing to share with family or maybe your best friend or your partner who you trust and who you know and who you love. It's a very different thing to say, I am going to share this in front of an audience of some people who maybe I know and some people who maybe I've never met before in my life. And they are going to be witness to this very hard thing that I had to move through. Okay, well, as Andrea stated, I have been there since chapter one. And the monologue I uh, participate in, I can't even find the right word, the one I, re the one I uh, recite, I think that's the right word, I'm sorry, uh, talks about depression, talks about dealing with suicide, uh, because many times when you're battling depression, oppression, that silent killer, you know, you, you, you have that silent battle and depression is hard to see on a person's face because it's real easy to put on a nice outfit and a great big smile, but nobody really sees what's going on on the inside. So my particular uh, monologue really pulls out the, the person that's battling, that's having that silent battle and for eight years, I should say seven years actually straight, it has been definitely the one to truly connect with the audience because all of us are battling something silently in, in one way or another, whether it's depression, oppression, some other secrecies that we don't ever wanna talk about. But nonetheless, it's something that needs to be talked about because one thing I, I definitely know, if you don't face it, then you can't deal with it. Yeah. And you know, I, I also want to ask you what what is the space that you go into when you're performing or or before you perform? Because I think especially women, especially black women, right? Have have been told we expect you to be strong society expects you to be strong sometimes the family unit expects you to be strong and you you are not afforded um the time to be depressed and and to seek help and i think there's a lot of stigma also around seeking help um like oh what's what's wrong with you that you can't just yeah. fix this well well the space i go into is not hard to find because it's, it's my life. It's something that I, I've actually dealt with. And it's amazing when she first sent it to me, I literally cried because I'm saying, uh, did we talk? Like, how did you know? And it, it was exactly that. I, I, it was, am, still is looked upon as the strong person, the go-to person, you know, the person who everyone depends on. I'm, I'm the youngest. But the way my life has been, most people would think I'm the oldest based on the responsibility and how I hold and handle the family. So where I go, 
before it's time for me to recite my monologue, I go to myself. I am my source because I live it. First of all, thank you. And I also want to just say welcome to Robin. Robin has just joined us. Um, and just a reminder for folks who might just be, hello, Robin. Oh, you look so dramatically lit. I love this. It's really beautiful. I am sorry. I'm in the car driving. Don't apologize. That's the beauty of community radio. We we're doing it at the grassroots. Um, so so I was just talking with um, Jerome about the monologue on depression, and that that really sits with me. And has it? Do you find that it has changed for you over the year? That something you know has shifted either in how the audience is receiving it, how you're feeling it in your body. Absolutely, honestly, it has helped to bring a healing to me because. As I recite it, as I think about it, I've come to realize that I don't always have to be the strong person. I, I allow myself to have those transparent moments now to feel, to be, to let go, you know, and, and it's okay. And it's okay to do that because if, if, if I'm transparent enough, it's okay for me to be okay with me not being okay, if that if that makes sense, um, and so it, it, it's helped me down through the years to see myself differently. Um, every year there is a different response from the audience. Um, you can tell um, those that will receive it fresh for the first time. There's you know that open feedback where you just can't help but say something or yell out something, some type of identifier. Um, there's tears. Um, there's, you know, there's been private talks after the monologue because it's like, okay, I see you're reciting that, but I also see that's coming from somewhere. I mean, there's times where I've recited that monologue and there were real tears because it, it was real. It was a real moment. And sometimes you just think about certain situations that you were in, but you're now out, but you just you can just recall and remember being in that dark place where right. there was no help, there was no one, and you just kind of had to suck it up and suffer and pick up the phone again and be that savior for someone else when you yourself needed a life, a life jacket. Yeah. Yes. Um, Stefan, I, I want to bring you into this conversation and and also ask you, you know, we've been talking about the, the monologues that are being performed. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about, first of all, about joining this group in year four, and then also um, what the performance has meant to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so I was pulled in um, by my cousin, Andrea is family. Um, and uh, I believe the first one um, that she's written was dealing with domestic violence. I am a domestic violence advocate. I have my own woman's um, group called Women Winning Over Fear, WWOF. And so for me, um, 
it was because just, you know, as Jarrell was saying, this was a part of what I experienced. You know, it may not have been the exact story, you know, but my stories, plural, you know, I can contest to what, you, what, what was written and, um, and pull from, from those instances, from those situations, from those dark places that had me gripped, you know, always in survival mode, dealing with um, the abuser and the attack. And uh, even though I have been already advocating and speaking to other women affected by the violence, um, and also to experiencing my mother was my mother did not survive. I'm gonna say it like that. My mother did not survive domestic abuse. And so, you know, my, my situation of bringing awareness is real, really real. Not saying that it's not real for all of us. You know, we each have our own situation in which it's a form of realness, a form of sobriety, you know, to us. But having, being able to, you know, be a part of this and, and bringing the monologues to life, if you will, um, especially from that dynamic, it, it, it's, it's, it speaks volumes, you know, because that's one of the, um, and I'm gonna call it epidemics, that's worldwide, that you hear, you know, we hear about it and we, we read the numbers, we see the statistics, but women don't speak up. It's a silent killer. I call it the silent killer. And so to be able to be on such a platform and, you know, bring the awareness through the monologues with um, the cry within, it's, it's an awesome feeling to share it abroad and let other women know, and not just women, you know, because we know men, women, children, you know, the elderly, they all face abuse, unfortunately, you know, but my passion is for women to be able to bring it on that spectrum. It lets other women know it's okay to use your voice, to sound your alarm. It's okay to speak about this thing and let's heal together. I survived it. So if I survived it, because, you know, if you hear my story, if I survived it, then you too can survive. So this means everything to me. And had you um, performed, you know, it sounds like you've been uh, in service to other folks for probably for your whole life. I, yeah. I feel like those who are called to help folks in the community are they, like they are usually, you know, doing something when they're like a knee baby, right? Yes. Um, but but had you performed in front of people before this and and if not oh, yeah oh, you, oh you're yeah. like oh yeah that, i did that been there done that yeah because because i would imagine that, that yeah that, that um, <laughs> yeah you're like yep it's yeah um and, and so how did it feel to bring this which is so tied to the work, you know, intimately tied to the work that you're doing already in front of an audience. And, and also did those, you know, in the way for Jarell, who said that those conversations lasted long after the performance, I imagine that folks came up to you and said, I'm experiencing this, or my oh, mother absolutely. experienced this, or, or my friend. 
Absolutely. Um, and like, you know, Jarrell said, a lot of times you do get those, you know, private conversations, you know, the afterwards. And, you know, they do ask, you know, is this something be that you've experienced? Or, you know, because I do do another, there's another monologue that I do. I do a couple of them. I think I have three now. Um, where I did, I haven't experienced. So there's another one that I do um, called, uh, what is it? What when, is it? No, when the music stops. When the music stops, that's right. And it deals with uh, mental illness and hearing voices. So I've never experienced that, you know, but to be able to place myself, you know, in that situation and say, you know, well, if, if, if I did, you know, how would I express that to, to the audience? How can I convey that? How can I make it come alive to where, you know, if someone is struggling with hearing voices and dealing with mental illness, that they won't be ashamed and that, you know, they'll be, it, it, they feel like they're in a safe place where they can, you know, say, I, I can identify with that and maybe I can seek help. You know, and so that's the that's the mindset. You know, um, Andrea has such a powerful gift, a phenomenal gift of being able to to write, to put, you know, pen to the paper and, and write these stories. And, and she gives them to just the right individual, you know, that can bring these instances, these unfortunate situations to the forefront with life is it's just amazing andrea i would love to ask you another question but how are you how are you doing how are I'm, you feeling i'm good right now so hurry okay <laughs> um I, I wanted to know have you been writing your whole life you know um a good portion a good portion i write songs as well i um i just tried my hand at greeting cards. I tried mm -hmm. my, uh, I'm finished. I finished my first children's book. It's an illustration right now. So I'm happy about that. And I'm working on a novel. So um, writing has always been a source of therapy for me. Mm. And I, I say this often, I often give people this, this um, information is funny, but it works for me. When I want to say something and I know it's not right, I really want to say something that is not right to another individual who have made me upset or I want to voice something. But I, again, I know it's not right. I will write it down on a piece of paper. I will write a letter, read it to myself and then tear it up. Mm. That's my thing. That's beautiful. That's so classy too. <laughs> like I, I do the same thing and it's... um. Sometimes I wish I could just like yell at yeah. someone, right? Cuss yes. someone out, which is probably yes. not a proper thing to say on radio. <laughs> um, but, and, and, and then this, you know, tell me, were the monologues just like calling to, did they want to just be let out of you? Um, when, when chapter one, how did chapter one come together? Well, the way chapter one began, wait a minute. <coughs> the, way, the way chapter one began, I was watching a TV show, a reality show called um, R&B Divas from, I want to say it was Atlanta. But they did a monologue show and I have always heard of them. 
but I never experienced being in one. So when I heard, <clears throat> I think it was an episode where they displayed maybe one or two, I said, hmm, let me see if I could do that. So I sat down one day and put my pen to the paper and I came up and I believe Showtime was my very first one. And I cannot get rid of Showtime. I thought this year, I told you, I said, you're not doing Showtime this, this go around. I mentioned that to somebody and they said, what? <laughs> so guess what? Showtime's back in. <laughs> so Jarrell's going to have two. <clears throat> so I, I kept telling you, I said, I want to get rid of Showtime. I want to get, but like she said, it seems like that one resonates so well with the audience. And it's and I know why because we are all not just African American women, women period, of all walks of life are looked out down as no looked upon as sheroes we like to call it, but we are human first. Right. We mm -hmm. hurt and we bleed just like the next person. Some things we can do, some things we cannot do, but we have to be okay with the fact that we just can't handle everything. We're moms, we're wives, we're sisters, we're daughters, we're teachers, we're nurturers, we're a lot. Pastors. You're a pastor, <laughs> preachers. But there are just sometimes when we have to just be us. Yes. That's it. And it's okay to just be yourself and take care of yourself. Because I think, I know for a fact, and I think a lot of times we put ourselves at the bottom Mm. And we come, yeah. we become less of a priority. We're yes. at the bottom of the list. And then you, we start getting sick and then depressed and all. And at the, and when you think about it, we shouldn't have never been at the bottom because mm. it was never meant to be that way. Right. We just allow society to tell us that's the way it was supposed to be. And it was a lie. And it's a lie. I, I think about that all the time. I'm also like, how is it? This is me in the shower every morning. You know, how is it that that women like we bear your children, right? And that's that's just that's it. That should be, you know, and game over. Women should, <laughs> like should be at the top, right? But you whatever. That's that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. Um, I'm, I want to give you a, a breather. And Tiffany Smith, I want to bring you into this conversation and talk about the power of multiple art forms. So um, so I'm wondering if, if we can talk a little bit about bringing dance into this performance too. Well, well, well Tiffany's the singer, the, uh, the yeah. person who dances, she's not up here right now. I am so sorry, I'm bringing song into it. Although I'm sure you're a very good dancer too. I, I, yeah, I, I Every, about, everyone I can dance. I actually did dance for 34 years. I was a, oh, a wow. dance instructor um, as well and then once I quote unquote retired from that, I really discovered my voice. And um, Andrea actually has a lot to do with that in discovering my voice. You know, she's heard me sing. She knows that I can be uh, very shy when it comes to singing. And this, um, <laughs> this, this cry within has really kind of brought me out to the forefront and being able to express myself through song, something that I wasn't really uh, doing in the past. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much how you know the musical selections I think have come about. I think the musical selections because some of the topics in this show can be so heavy 
the musical selections can um, kind of allow the audience to decompress a little bit, um, kind of take a break from the heaviness. But then after that, then we get right back into it. And, and I don't even know if Jarrell and Stefan know that, you know, there too. So Andrea, no, you can't get rid of Showtime. <laughs> Let me just say that. Um, because those those two monologues about domestic violence and about depression really hit home for me, you know, in, in, in so many ways. So I, I look forward to hearing them at every single show because like you said, you just never know what other people are going through um, and, and who you're touching with these monologues. And it really does touch everyone, including the people who are performing in the show. Yeah, I, I think that's, and I am curious, since you said that you taught for over three decades, taught dance, how mm -hmm. does song feel, you know, different in your body as you're performing this? And, and also, you know, tell me a little bit about building confidence, because it's not, like, not everyone can sing in front of an audience, right? No, they can't. And, and, I, sometimes I feel like I'm one of those people, uh, but again, Andrea has a way of pulling that out mm -hmm. of me. Um, I think as a as a singer, I just allow myself to try to go to another space. Um, sometimes I, I have to forget that the audience is even there because singing is really a passion of mine. Um, I, I danced from the time I was six years old until I was 40 years old. Um, and I didn't discover my voice until I was about 22 years old. Um, so I, I, I struggled with both of those for, for a little while. But, you know, like the, now that I'm no longer dancing, singing has really become a passion of mine. Um, I prefer to sing in a group <laughs> um, as opposed to singing solo. But I, I will do it. I, I, most of the time I do it just for Andrea because she makes me do it. <laughs> And, um, we love and, it, and we love it. Yes. <laughs> there you have it. You can't awesome. stop. Um, Thank and, you. And this year, can we um, can we get a little not a, not a sneak listen, but a sneak peek of of some of what the audience will be hearing on December tenth at six p.m. Uh oh, from me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. I'll do, you know what? I'll do a little of um, a song. One of the songs I did actually in chapter one. Yes, please. Happy Being Me. Ooh, Ooh. yes. That was a good one. <laughs> Looking back on when I started, had a lot of sun and a lot of rain. I've had some joy and been brokenhearted. But now it doesn't mean a thing. I'm living for the joy and laughter. Not worried about my befores and afters. All and all, it's been cool. His grace, it brought me through. I'm so happy being me. Oh, I'm so happy being me i'm regretting nothing about me too busy living life giving love freely i'm so happy being me 
Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you for, I feel like you just blessed us with that. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was right on time. Yes, absolutely. So um, if, if listeners are just joining us, this is Arts Respond on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. I'm Lucy Gelman. Uh, this is a collaboration between WNHH and the Arts Council of Greater New Haven. And today I am hanging out uh, on the internets with Andrea Daniel Singleton and members of the Cry Within Chapter 8, I Survived It. Um, and, and we've been talking about the power of sharing subjects that I think, yes, are, are very, very taboo for a lot of folks from depression to molestation to rape to domestic violence, um, and also the power of folding in different art forms into that. So um, Robin, I want to bring you in. I, I also know you're in a car, so thank you for being here. Oh, I appreciate you. Yeah, I was like, I cannot talk to her when when she's driving. Like the the 16-year-old me somewhere in my in my rib cage would not approve of that. Um, no, I'm part I'm home. I'm safe. Thank you for considering considering of, my safety. Of course. So I'm I'm wondering if we can bring you into this conversation and um and you know, tell us about um, your performance in this and, and also what it's been like to stick with this. It's like, it's a, I feel like it's a theater family, but it's also much more than that. Most definitely. So um, it's just, actually, it's been a blessing. It's been an honor to be a part of this, um, you know, this performance with um, Drea. Drea and I met actually um, through work. She and I both are in social services and we had a, a mutual client. And we were in a training, um, I believe the training, Andrea, was on human trafficking. Yep. And um, and I was really passionate about that topic, you know, with, with domestic violence, like um, Stefan has, um, has, has talked about, um, there's a certain topics that just resonate with me being a woman and being through things that I've gone through or family members or friends that I've gone through. So um, when I heard her speak in the back, I never met her face to face. I immediately knew who she was, and we, and we connected. And then she asked me to be a part of this monologue. And I, I'd heard about monologues, but I had never been a part of them, I, you know. And it wasn't really sure exactly what the experience was like. And um, she gave me a piece to read, and I read it, and, you know, and I, and I immediately went into character with it. Um, and there were pieces of it that I started to think about with, you know, with, with stories that I knew or things that were going on in my life. And I had performed it. Um, and I just really went into character with it. But to be honest with you, it was the last time that I performed it um, and the things that I, were, I was going through that it, it just, and my son was actually in the audience at that time. Um, and my topic was on abortion. And my emotions just pretty much just took over me at that time. Um, just thinking about the things that I've gone, on, gone through in my life, um, just dealing with, you know, certain things. We go to things, and we always want to be the survivor. We're women. We always want to be a survivor. Um, I'm a real big person when it comes to self-care, and I had to tap into my self-care over the last few years and putting that first. I can't take care of my son if I don't put my own self first. Um, and that's with mental health and that's with physical health. You know, I'm a certified fitness trainer. Um, and there's just things I just want to break generational curses within the community. So when I was reading that and it just so many things were going through my mind and I mean, the tears were just flowing. I'm looking at my son and I don't know if he even knew what I was talking about on that stage that day, but 
you know, that's due to Andrea. She wrote that beautifully. You know, it was exactly what needed to be said. Somebody in that audience resonated with that, not only me. And then what's so nice about this and what Andrea has done is there's so many different stories, there's so many different monologues, and it's not that you identify with one thing, right? You can identify with multiple stories over your life. You know, I just turned 45 just three, three days ago, and there's just so many stories. And if it's not your own story, it's somebody else's story. I'm a social service. I work in social services. I work with the homeless population. I work with multiple. I work for DCF. I work with multiple populations over two decades. There's so many women. There's so many men. There's so many stories. And I've always said every time I sit on that side of the desk and I've done an intake and I meet with a client, that could be me. And it was in with this, my last position, I've been in this last um, job for the past uh, almost nine years, working at a shelter. That could be me sitting on the other side. Things that I've gone through my life, but I just happen to have support. There were times that I felt isolated. There were times that I felt alone. There were times that I felt depressed. And nobody else knew it, but these stories that, mon- that that Andrea has put in a monologue that we've shared, sitting in that audience, we we sit together in that church in that in that in that in that, um, in, in that vicinity, and we feel together. It's a time that we feel together and not feel alone. So you know, I just it's a blessing. It's a, it's an honor to be a part of this um, this um, this performance. Honestly. And had you, Andrea, I'm interested in how much you talk to folks who are performing because, you know, Jarell, you said when you first got the monologue, you cried and then you called Andrea and said, you know, like, like, did you know? Um, and the answer was no. No. So <clears throat> this is really being honest. I pray and I ask God to give me monologues and give me the people who are supposed to present them. And I'm telling you, these aren't, the people that perform them, to my knowledge, are people that have been through the things I'm giving them. I don't know it until they tell me. So it's not, it's not their life. And I always have to make that very clear because people begin to think that that's their life. No, it's just a piece that God had given me and that I hand and to who supposed to get it and either it's they identify with it personally or it's very near and dear to their hearts so that's why the performance is so powerful yeah um I, I want to just throw a, a question out there and anyone is welcome to answer it I think there's such a strong and really beautiful faith component to this work and and Andrea you just named it and at the same time, I know that some people have been wounded by their faith and, and by the folks who they thought were maybe part of their church family or, or part of their nuclear family, but there was a, a faith component where um, folks have been told God hates you. They've been told if you just pray harder, you won't experience X, Y, Z. And, and so I'm wondering, you know, and anyone feel free to jump in, um, if you have reconciled those those two things in your own lives, how you reconcile some of those things. And also if that's something that, um, that you find yourselves talking to, to audiences with. <coughs> Can we allow Walter to answer? We have Absolutely. her. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, before he starts, let me just say, I have to say <laughs> the last chapter <clears throat> My cousin was supposed to perform a piece on fatherhood, and unfortunately, he 
um, contracted uh, COVID. Everything seemed to be going wrong that day. I called Jarrell and I was telling her, she was like, let, let Walter do it. I said, he'll do it. She goes, yeah. I sent her the paper. When he performed, I was sitting in the audience like, are you kidding me? You would have thought he had this piece for years. And it was so powerful. And it a lot of people talked about that performance. A lot of men. I had two men in my inbox telling me that they were really touched by that particular monologue because you know sometimes and a lot of times unfortunately in our communities when you think of a man and you think um, crying they think weak that's not true they think less than they think they're not manly they think it's, it's horrible and men need love and affection and reassurance and all that from their dad and their mom and everyone else, just like women. So if he could just speak, that would be great. And I'm going to be quiet. Please <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's it's been an honor to uh, to be injected into this monologue series. Um, I remember the very first one, um, and just speaking to. Um, the inspiration that Andrea has been on everyone and being in the audience and observing how people move about as things are going on um, is captivating because there is a, a um, there's a, a spirit that that rests in in the monologue series, um, the atmosphere in which it's held, um, the kind of conversations that it invokes. Um, before the performance and after, um, and then the ability to embrace it and accept it and release it is, I think, is truly um, it is truly of God. I can just just be very plain there. Um, and so, when I was asked to to step in, I drew from that. I said, you know, I've witnessed it from the beginning. So I had a very clear understanding on, on, on what it meant to be part of it and what it, what it meant to say it in the way that it, it truly means something to me. Um, because I think the, the, the thing that, um, that really makes these monologues work is that the person that's reciting it accepts that it exists. And because of that, it helps them get to a place where they go, you know what, let me not just, let me not take it for granted or like look at it and go, this never happens. To believe in it is really what it's all about. And so, you know, the performance uh, regarding fatherhood, you know, when she dropped that in my lap, I said, you know what, I am a father and I have a father in which the disconnection, not the participation because you know, my father was 100% a provider. Um, and to, 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 to me, to my brother and I, and as well as my mother. And, but he did not show the emotion that, um, that you would think a father's son, you know, we have this image of a father's son and throwing ball in the backyard. And, you know, but we also have this image of a man has to work. And so he did that. And so I think as being a 
a wanting to be fun and active kid, if you will, I had a father that that was really about work. There was a piece that was void in, in me, um, to be quite honest. But then I have a son. And so my commitment was to, to be very much more than that, but not saying that I was without. And so, and, and that meant saying I love you often enough every time we talk, every time we get off the phone. Um, if somehow we were rushed off, I get a quick text and say, hey, listen, I love you. I don't, didn't want to miss that. My father didn't very much say that. Um, but most recently, you know, because he's up in age, he, he, um, I said I love you uh, on his birthday probably about four years ago. And he said it back with this ease that just let me know that he realizes that he does love, you know, and that it's okay to love. And it doesn't make him any you know, it doesn't make him weak, doesn't make him anything. And so I've then learned to embrace and have asked my son to do the same thing. Listen, don't be afraid to cry. Don't be afraid to just be uh, vulnerable. Um, and because men are often um, put in a position to be something that they're not because they never had what they, they never had who, what they think they are. And so, um, you know, I, I enjoy working with men and men's groups and talking about these things. And what seems to be uh, the underlining tone is um, the child we never knew. And so try, it, the child we, we never knew trying to be the man we don't know. And so that, that, that's really, so there's a lot of unknowns that men go through, but we still are called upon to be men. In the same way women are called upon to be in a role too, it's just, you know, it's a lot of these monologues do a, a wonderful job of pulling out those elements of life across the board. There's no uh, race uh, relative or gender relative. It's all relative. Mm. Mm. Um, first of all, thank, thank you so much for just for that. Um, and also, Sean Hardy, I want to bring you into this conversation. You've been waiting so yes. patiently. Oh, uh, certainly. They are um, favorite yeah, MC. But, yes, yes. Yeah. So um, so I have seen you MC. It was with a group of middle schoolers, though. So it was a little different. Uh, yes, yes. But, um, but you were still amazing. And, oh, thank and so, you. Thank so you. I'm wondering Appreciate if you, you can talk about your relationship with with this performance, because adults are very different from middle schoolers. Okay. Well, first of all, Andrea is related to me directly. She's my cousin. We're immediate family. <laughs> They're fine as well, and everybody else. And I've known Jarrell and her husband uh, for quite, quite some time. We're family, and I appreciate mm -hmm. them the utmost. And everybody online, Robin, and just everybody. And I'm grateful that I've served as the narrator or the narrator or the MC for the uh, for all the eight chapters, uh, in particularly. Um, the beginning chapter, I was um, very much so under the weather. I think I got over either my first or a second surgery. My second surgery is brain surgery. And my first surgery was uh, a very bad um, skin situation. But the brain surgery was really the worst. And I got out of the rehab in between the chapters, to be honest with you. And um, Andrea asked me to serve as master of ceremony. Um, for uh, the chapters, I can't think of what chapter, I can't think of what it was, but e e either way, I have um, 
enjoyed emceeing different things, events over the course of the years, but I don't emcee as much as I used to. So I really did it because my cousin asked me to do it, but I always seem to get an uplift personally um, during these monologues, during these chapters, but just personal things that either I have dealt with before the, the monologue or even during the monologue. So it's always a spiritual uplift me, in particularly surviving brain surgery, which I really wasn't supposed to survive that at all, according to the doctors. I really supposed to be um, a goner, but thank God for faith and prayer that lifted me up. And it was a serious situation in my life. My it, it, I don't do as I have done in the past, but thank God that I'm able to uh, take that lick in and keep ticking. Amen. I, I'm grateful <laughs> unto him. I'm going to tell you now. So if it hadn't been for him, I know for myself, that's who I believe. Um, I wouldn't even be holding a conversation tonight um, with, Luke, with you, Lucy, or my cousin Andre and the cast of um, cry within. I survived it. It's so personal and powerful until it's just unbelievable. And if you do not have a testimony in how you survived anything, well, all I can say to you is <laughs> keep living. <laughs> keep on living. Give it a few more days, few more hours. Something will, something will not tap on that door. And then you will realize that you have survived whatever obstacle or obstacles that have um, encountered you or attempted to get in your way. So I'm, I'm glad to be the narrator. I said, is she tired of haughty by now? But obviously, no. and I'm grateful and I don't take it lightly. And I'm humbled that she, as I often say, that she thought enough of little old me to ask me. And I'm glad that I'll be able, God willing, to attend. And I'm telling people now in Radio Land, or wherever you are, New Haven, Connecticut, West Haven, Hartford, Massachusetts, come on down to New Haven, Connecticut on Saturday, December 10th, uh, St. Mary's Church, 266 Shelton Avenue. Contact Andrea Daniel Singleton with your tickets. I don't know about the space, but once it's a closer, it's a closed deal. <laughs> so you might want to get in on the good time that we're going to have spiritually as well as naturally. Let me tell you what I'm getting to think about it. It really brings people together as well. People, yeah. you can begin to fellowship. It's like, you know, to me, it's like old church services or something like that. Or great things happening in the community. And a lot of times, I'm going to be honest with you, I look forward to because some people, I don't see a gentleman monologue. I, and we live in, we live in Duke Haven. That's it's so true. And I look up and I said, well, good Lord have mercy. Merry Christmas again. <laughs> I, you. Because I don't get a chance to see this them like we, see other, like we used to. And I said, well, good Lord, it's Christmas again. How are thou? How are you? You know what I'm saying? You know, so it, it, it gives, gives us a chance um, to, to, to come together because so much happens in our daily life, you know, uh, sickness or just different things in life, death, just different little things that may cause us not to be able to meet up as we should. So I encourage people, come on down. You will, whatever your situation is, you will be lifted on a serious note, really. And I'm grateful that um, she thought enough of me to zoom in. And Lucy, it's always a joy to be with you, rather in radio land or one-on-one uh, -on -one in person. Thank you. Yes, yes, ab absolutely. Um, Andrea, before my final question, which is I'm going to make everyone answer. I'm, I won't make everyone do anything, but, um, but I would love for everyone to answer. But Andrea, be before that, a question is, so, you know, you have tackled, you said rape, molestation, 
HIV, um, abortion. Um, Robin talked about human trafficking, which, and, and we know that these are issues where, it, human trafficking stayed with me, Robin, when you said that, because I think that sometimes people hear that and they think, well, that doesn't happen here. But we know that women and girls are being trafficked. And, and we also know that young men are being trafficked um, in, in the United States, in Connecticut. I'm wondering if there is a, a subject that, you know, has been on your mind or on your heart that you haven't yet written about. That's funny because it has um, been a topic and I was, I wasn't afraid of the topic, but I was afraid of who I saw doing it, which mm. was my own child. And it took me a minute a while to present it to her because it's so it's so needed and it's so heavy and as a mother you want to protect your child even though thank god it's not something that she has experienced <clears throat> but to do a monologue you have to put your head in that space so this chapter right here, she's presenting, and I'm going to try my hardest not to cry. I'm pretty sure I will. But it is such a heavy story, and it's about domestic violence. Wow. But it's dealing with parents and a child. Mm -hmm. And what children have to endure looking at a mom be beat looking at a dad be beat look it, it's it's rough I oh I had to put that pin down a couple of times and just to hear her recite it I, I can't imagine being look at me about to cry now I can't imagine being a child going through that mm. it's rough yes mm -hmm. that sounds intense I can't wait to hear it. Um, well, I, that feels in some ways like this segue into my final question, which is, you know, these are heavy. These are heavy. And I think you sharing them with people is such a, such a service. Like it, it's a, this immeasurable kindness, even if people maybe don't receive it like that initially. And at the same time, I'm wondering because this, these are heavy words. How are all of you finding joy? For me, the joy comes in for me just knowing that it's being addressed and it's bringing, being brought to the forefront because if not, we would just continue to suffer. Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. is not okay. It's not okay. So providing resources, education um, is vital, is very vital. And mm -hmm. to allow people to know that you're not alone, just because it's not admitted yeah. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Absolutely. So it has to, it has to be dealt with. We need to be healthy for one another and for ourselves. So I, it, it has to be, it has to be. And when you know, we're up there and we're talking and we're conversing. 
this year, again, I'm going to have all different types of resources because, again, people, some people don't want you to know that they're going through it. But you don't have to let me know, but I'm going to share resources with you. I'm going to show you how to get out of it. I'm going to give you everything, all the tools you need. I'm going to give them to you. Yeah, thank you. And powerful. oh, please. I was just saying it's powerful, which is so powerful. It really is. And you know what else? I, 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 I'm just thinking now, some people can be sitting right there and they can be going through what the dialogue, what the people in the dialogue are presenting and they still won't say a moment. You would, you would even know that they may be feeling overjoyed. They could be dealing, dealing with it right there at that time, at, mm -hmm. that, second, at that minute and won't say a moment of the word. They just be bubbling on the inside and still won't say nothing after the fact that I'm dealing with that too. Some people just won't say, you don't have, uh, like Andre said, you don't have to say nothing either, but they are receiving and they are getting a breakthrough. It might not be obvious they're getting a breakthrough, but they're getting their own breakthrough within, their own deliverance within. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're so used to just keeping faith. We're so used to keeping faith, so it's like, that is a night that we can all cry, we can all laugh, and like um, it was mentioned earlier, the it opens up the conversation. I know I've called Andrea after, like, Andrea, like, you just don't know, you know, just having that conversation, and right. you look around the room, and you see the faces. Somebody resonated with that topic somehow. Um, with providing resources and like I volunteer with another organization that works specifically with women who are in transition with their life dealing with all types of tra trauma all of these topics that we talked about here and it's providing those resources because the way even has a lot of resources but every night that like we get on the platform the organization that I volunteer with we have all these resources and we're like we didn't even know that was right there in New Haven you know, we had no clue that that was there. And there's so many organizations that people are developing and we just don't, we just need to know about it, you know? So we bring up these topics, have a resource. A lot of people, a lot of times people don't get out their situation because they don't have the support. They don't have the resource to get out of that situation and know that that's actually there to help them. So this is, this is def definitely going to be a night of, 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 um, you know, just resources on fire. We, it's, it's, mm. it's, it's going to be wonderful. Another night. I look forward to it. Likewise. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the joy for me in that particular evening is life is being identified, uh, life is being addressed, and people are put in position to overcome. And that is a great joy for me that here we are all of these people of all walks of life sitting under this one roof and different ones are presenting different things, touching people in different areas of their life and knowing and having that joy within that, okay, you may have come in with this, but you don't have to leave with it because mm -hmm. we have now opened up and we have now given you opportunity to receive whatever it is you need to overcome whatever situation it is that you 
are going through, have gone through, because sometimes people will come out of a situation, but there's still that residue of them going through it and then they don't know how to progress in life. So you've overcome the situation and it's like, now what? So the, the fact that there are the many resources and, and, and just the alliance of people that are there to really take someone by the hand and really help them through. Andrea has done an amazing job. And she knows my nickname for her, I call it a goat because she absolutely deserves it because that's who she is. She is a phenomenal writer and she just has a way of bringing healing to the people. Um, yeah, the, the she's bringing everyone. Oh, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, she's just bringing, you're bringing that pain to purpose. You know, mm -hmm. we go through pain, but how do you take that pain and you turn it into purpose? You know, it's like that lotus flower that grows in the mud, you know, and so she's doing just that on awesome. this one evening. Awesome. I believe the joy, um, for me is, uh, concurring with, with everyone said all of that collectively but also uh is that word again right I concur um <laughs> letting people know that there, there's no more excuses mm. there's no more excuses and now you know healing is here there's no more excuses and you're not the only one yeah that's that's the joy bringing that mm -hmm. away you are not alone. You are not alone. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. And um, Tiffany and William bring and bring us home on the, on this question of, you know, Walter. joy. Oh, I'm I am so sorry, Walter. <laughs> it's, I am I apologize. Names are important. I'm I'm very sorry, Walter. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. The uh, the joy for me is the sound, um, and the fact that. Um, that in the monologues you it's um it's like you can't unring the bell so when when the sound of that particular monologue mm -hmm. rings and you hear it you can't unhear it and so what it forces you to do is now that you see something you can say something um, because most of us um don't know there's often times when you there are cues that say right now is a good time for you to talk about but mm -hmm. we don't because we don't get those cues and so andrea has done a uh, fantastic job of giving us cues um where metaphorically she's saying okay now you can say something and you feel um, okay and safe to, to start to talk about the sound you've heard now. So it's very now. And the joy for me would be, it's, it's, it's really simple. Um, the fact that I'm able to be a part of something so positive in a community that I was born and raised in, and this cry within being developed by someone who was also from our community. 
just bringing positivity to the to the tenth degree um, in everything that she does. Andrea, as every I'll echo what everyone else has said, has done a phenomenal job with her. She she just has a God given talent that I hope never goes away. I, I, I pray that it just is able to expand and I'm just so, so proud to be a part of it. Yes, I, um, I, I love all of this. And Andrea, so first of all, I should say to listeners who are out there, um, if you've been sticking with us, thank you for listening to this episode on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. If you just caught the end of it, I'm so sorry, but please go back and listen to the previous, whatever, 55 minutes, because we have had an incredibly rich conversation. And um, whether you listen to the radio while you're cooking or you're in your car or doing something else, like please take the time to listen to, to this episode um, and, and to see the cry within Chapter eight, I survived it. Um, it will be at St. Mary's Church on two, and I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the flyer to make sure I don't get it wrong. Uh, St. Mary's Church on December 10th at 6 p.m. Uh, St. Mary's Church, if you don't know where it is, is 266 Shelton Avenue in New Haven. Um, Andrea, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you to every member of the cast and MC Sean Hardy, who has taken an hour out of your busy Tuesday evening to be with us. If you, uh, if you're listening to this on Friday and you think, what is, what is she talking about Tuesday? We're pre-recording this episode because we are all busy humans. Um, but thank you all. It has been such a joy to be with you. And, um, and the 10th is like two weeks away, right? Yeah. Next, next week. Yeah. Isn't yes. it? Next week. Yeah. Um, um, so don't miss yeah. it. Andrea, um, how can they find you on all of the internet channels if they want to learn more about your work? Um, well, first, um, for tickets, uh, you can contact 203-710-7161. You'll get me. Uh, you can cash app. It was dollar sign, Drea, so it's dollar sign, capital D-R-E-A, 417 and I would advise people to get tickets in advance or you could pay at the door. However, if I'm at capacity, I will not allow you to come in. I wouldn't be able to allow you to come in. So uh, getting tickets in advance, you know how we do. We wait to the last minute and then bombard <laughs> every, every uh, aspect of paying. That's what I'm experiencing. But uh, I know this is going to be amazing. Uh, I cannot do it without the cast. I am so grateful to them for uh, dedicating time to me and time to the pieces. I do not take it lightly. I really, 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 really appreciate them. And I know I cannot do it without them. So I am looking forward to a ride. And I'm not the only talent in here. Jarrell is an author. <coughs> uh, Stefan has her, is an author. Uh, Rob, Robin is a fitness trainer. Robin is amazing. Robin does Seymour's all kinds of stuff. Sean is amazing. He MCs. He does all, all things under the sun. And you have Tiff, who's a, a choreographer, a singer, everything. So we're full of talent in the Cry Within cast. And I hope to display all of their talent. I hope that we, and I know we will rise and we will take the world by storm. I'm ready. I am in yes. absolutely ready. Right. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. 
Thank yeah. you all. Thank you, Lucy. You're always you. a, breath, a breath of air. I always enjoy speaking with you on any level. Oh, You're well. always so funny. <laughs> Yeah, thank, thank you, you all. for taking the time. Thank, thank you, you all so much. I, I appreciate yeah. all of you. And um, and here's to December 10th. Yes, here it is. Here and may everyone stay in good health until December. Yes. 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 And thank yes. you. Yeah. You too. Yes. Thank you. You thank too. Thank you so much. Good night. Good night, oh, everyone. Bye. Bye.